So hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Engineered Human Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean Menezes, your host, and today I'm joined with my friend, uh, Nazma Ali. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. In the previous ones, we were picking kind of one specific topic and diving deep into that. We spoke about, you know, personal finance fundamentals. We talk, We spoke about how do you give back. Uh, but today, uh, we're, we're talking about Nazma uh, and her journey of how she got to where she is today. And I, and I think I mentioned this in a couple of uh, the previous episodes where, you know, it's really important that while we go on this journey, we try and surround ourselves with people who are doing the same thing, who have good mentalities and have uh, implemented a lot of these, you know, actions and principles. Because at the end of the day, you can listen to this podcast, you can, you know, go on Instagram or social media and see all the inspirational stuff that you want. But if you don't apply it in your life, it's not going to matter. And I've learned that, you know, uh, connecting with and hearing from people in real life about their story makes it a lot more real, real for me. So without further ado, uh, Nazma, thank you for joining me here today. Thank uh, you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored uh, and uh, very excited. To, and hopefully, I mean, we'll see if, if it can be of value to anybody. I'm but, sure it will be. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were in my position like many years ago, mm -hmm. this where they are now. So maybe that could give them a little boost. Yeah, yeah. they can do something about it. Absolutely. So I, again, as I mentioned, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm going to let you do that oh, no. uh, for yourself. So, so please, I think we can start okay. up with you giving a little bit of introduction about, you know, who you are today. And yeah. then we can probably dive into the journey of, you know, how you got to where you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am a real estate agent, but I feel like it's more of like a team leader. Um, I have a team of agents. Uh, I run a real estate team in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have about, I think we're about like 17 people and that includes wow. employees and agents. Um, and yeah, and I mean, we're, we do very good, you know, a lot of business. We're pretty I mean, I don't want to say high up there, but we're yeah. high up there in the rankings in Toronto. So, yeah. so we know what we're doing and we're only as a team, we're only two years old since 2018. Wow. And, you know, we're competing against people who've been in the business for like 30 years. Yeah. We haven't, we've had our license for longer than that, but we've mm -hmm. been a team and kind of in these rankings since 2018. Got it. Understood. Understood. Very cool. And, and the name of your, for, for people oh, yeah. listening to again is? Yeah, it's one group. Toronto real estate and okay. yeah I came up with that because a lot of people are just like they just use their name you know yeah. NASMA Alley team and for me I just like Ugh, I don't want my name to be like I don't want people to be in the shadow I want it to be something sleek professional neutral yeah. and I came up with that and uh, and yeah and it's funny because I think maybe because I'm a woman a lot of people are like oh so who's your are you a part do you have partners and like they don't they don't think that I'm behind it they think yeah. that it's like me plus other people yeah but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah anyway well so it's interesting you, you you mentioned that again one of the one of the podcast episodes I have recorded which hasn't hasn't been published yet it's a good friend of mine Ravithi she's uh in corporate law right now and she's you know similar to you what I love it is you guys are doing such fantastic stuff as women. You're, you know, you're breaking barriers. You're showing people you don't need, you know, yeah. like do your point of partner. Why do you need other yeah. partners? You're doing it right there. It would be and nice to be honest. It would be great <laughs> to share in the stress and the decision-making and all that. Yeah. I would love that. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I'm doing it all myself and it's like hard, yeah. uh, but, uh, but it's worth it. I mean, if it wasn't worth it, we wouldn't be doing it. Absolutely. Okay. So, I guess then getting into it, um, a, a question that I'd ask you now then is what, what matters most to you today? You know, in 2021, mm. what, what's, what's on that priority list? Um, well, for me personally, it's mm -hmm. an easy one because that's like my family and my kids. Yeah. Like always, uh, I have three kids and also I have dependents like my mom and my sister. So I feel like uh, really my family is the most important and then you know mm -hmm. health and the things that have, that are important I think to everybody yeah I think these are like fundamentals that are important to everybody which is mm -hmm. like your health and your family or loved ones but yeah. yeah that's really I mean secondary would be 
business and you know making sure everything is running smoothly and clients mm-hmm. are happy and sat- you know satisfaction and but i think yeah family and health for sure so is that would you say is that your driving motivation to do what you 100%, do 100% 100% mm-hmm. my motivation is basically that maybe not for my kids because you know my my ex-husband can also support them like he's he's you know what i mean it's not like everything is on me mm-hmm. but obviously being successful also help like financially helps in their future as well mm-hmm. if we're both you know uh contributing equally let's say like we the kid and there's three kids right toronto's expensive mm-hmm. obviously it it makes for like a nicer future for them you know nicer schools whatever it is yeah. um but um but in terms of like my mom and sister that's more of a if i don't do it nobody's going to do it and it's really like having depend really like dependence that you need to provide for yeah. and if i don't provide for them literally no one will and they'll be on the street so yeah. there's it's like one of those things where it's like i have no choice but to like but to do this but mm-hmm. to push but to like you know work mm-hmm. pretty much from morning till night but yeah. uh, i think that's my driving force really is uh, is just making sure that like it's just providing for family really Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and kudos to you because that's very it's a very hard thing to do for sure. Yeah. Um and you know, not and and that's the thing not not everyone might go to those lengths. And I mean, yeah. it'd be great for people to do that, but not everyone does that. So I think it's really important to call that out when, you know, people do do that. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? It's fun. You're 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 right not everybody would um i mean in every also in every family you know you have siblings and some carry their weight and some don't and i think it's kind of like a it's kind of like a glimpse or like um into like society as a whole it's it's, yeah. it's the, the few that will go to extremes i think mm-hmm. uh, most won't um i mean by the way like whatever i'm doing it's not that doesn't mean it's the right way the fact mm-hmm. like i'm almost a workaholic Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, it's not for everybody and that doesn't mean um, you know, that oh this is how you should be living your life and you need to be like me and I'm like the best because I'm doing it's not really at all. Like everybody has I think everybody has priorities in life and and some people want a balanced life. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz I'm telling you I don't have a balanced life. I wish yeah. I did. Yeah. But yeah. some people do want balance. Some people want quality of life meaning like you know they get to spend time with their loved ones they get to spend time with you know people their friends or family even during mm-hmm. corona whatever mm-hmm. um they get to have like me time and take care of themselves and you know but for me i just feel like there's time for that later for now i just need to build 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 yeah and then i can play like quote unquote later right that's kind of like how i see it i'm just like it's like a rat right i'm just trying to get as much done in yeah. like the fastest possible time frame yeah. because i also have this idea that i'm going to die at any moment and so for me it's like i need to do as much as i can to make sure everybody's okay if that yeah. happens right yeah. and then yeah. i can just like kind of take it easy um so yeah i'm interested then so did you always have this mentality or did it develop over time uh okay when i was a kid mm-hmm. so it's like i was the responsible kid and you know the a whatever what do you call it the top student kid yeah i was the one that wanted to always make my parents proud and happy and i just wanted to do whatever they want i wanted their approval i wanted them to be happy um everything i did was for my parents mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i was the kid mm-hmm. that never went and played with her friends like i never went to the mall i never had sleepovers i never yeah. went camping it's just like yeah. kind of like typical immigrant life and uh, and i was also the kid that because i'm the eldest of mm-hmm. like four kids um i had a lot of responsibility fall on me and um i remember that you know uh when i was a, like ever since i started reading Mm-hmm. My parents would put me in really uncomfortable situations for me because I was a very timid kid actually. I was very shy. Okay. And my parents would kind of put me in situations where I just oh my god as a child I just felt so uncomfortable like to translate things for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was this little shy kid that had to speak to like the bank or speak to a company and try to like translate things for my parents and try to like translate to adults on the other line and I could barely 
understand or with the government like I was yeah. like the middleman that was trying to like and I just hated it. it was all falling on me every time they had mail they would stack they would give it to me that's my read this tell us what this is but what does this mean what does that mean and I, mm. and I was just like I wish someone else could like do all that stuff I wish there was like someone else that can help but I, I just mm -hmm. had this feeling ever since I was young yeah. that no one will help you it's just mm -hmm. you you're mm -hmm. the only person that can help right and then just like this feeling where I can't rely on anyone people are relying on me mm -hmm. and so anyway and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there especially immigrants especially yeah. kids of immigrants who, whose parents like also maybe didn't really speak very good English yeah and yeah. they had the same responsibilities right yeah. so at the time I obviously hated it I hated mm -hmm. being in that position and I wish someone else had that all that responsibility dumped on them but now obviously I'm like very grateful because I feel like that toughened me up it pushed me to be uncomfortable and to just do it it pushed mm -hmm. me to kind of like depend on myself a lot and uh, kind of took me out of my shell. And it just, I think, gave me a sense of responsibility. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think I look at, you know, a lot of my friends today as well. And, and I would say most people, a lot of adults, right, are shaped by what they go through as, as kids. Yeah, totally. You, you pull that through. Um, and that, you know, forms you as an adult and sometimes it, as a kid you say well it's probably really hard but then as a as an adult there are aspects of it that you're like wow this made me who, who I am yeah yeah 100 percent and yeah. so and so did your your family you guys immigrated to Canada yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I came I came I came to I was in Montreal I think I was at four years old mm -hmm. when we came to Montreal and um and yeah and we were in french school because mm -hmm. in quebec if your parents didn't study english school which my parents obviously didn't you go into french school and um at the time obviously my my parents were like outraged they're like oh no like how are you gonna learn english that's the universal language yeah and but i understand why quebec does this because they want to preserve french and um and obviously we didn't like it at first but i'm so happy again it's one of those mm -hmm. things like i'm so happy we did because i speak fluent not not i don't speak immersion french i speak yeah. fluent french yeah. that's like kind of my second language after arabic and uh, but it's one of those things where my parents barely barely spoke english let alone mm -hmm. french they didn't speak french at all but my yeah. mom yeah took me like she learned french with me wow I like I was in kindergarten. We were do, I was doing homework, and my mom was helping me with the homework. But she was also learning French with me. She mm -hmm. was doing the homework, but learning French with me. And she was pushing me, and she was helping me, and like, you know, and I was the top of my class. And I wasn't mm -hmm. a French speaker, you know, native French French speaker. Yeah. That's why I just feel like there's no excuses for anybody, really. If you like, you just have to work hard. And and I just remember my dad. You know, it's just such an important thing for him, like education and you know, succeeding in life and working hard and doing the right thing. And he just always had like talks, life talks with yeah. us. Right? He always had life talks and he was really the person, he was just a dreamer. And he always talked to me about, about life, about, you know, working hard, things like that. So mm -hmm. obviously that all of that shaped me, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. And so, and so prior, prior to uh, getting into real estate though, you, I believe you had done something in engineering in school. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I think yeah. a lot of people could relate to. For sure. So when I was young, you know, it goes hand in hand with like kind of doing what your parents want you to do. And a lot of immigrants do the same thing, which is mm -hmm. okay. What, what is a good, something good to study that you can be guaranteed to have a job. And it was like between basically sciences right so I had to study mm. something in sciences so I went into engineering I studied yeah. engineering because of course you know that's what your parents <laughs> will recognize is like yeah. doctor or engineer or maybe exactly. lawyer exactly um so um so yeah I studied engineering it was like so hard and then you know after you you oh my god after you survive engineering you could do anything there's yeah. nothing you can't do, right? Yeah. Like everything pales in comparison when you've studied engineering, okay? <laughs> or any kind of science. And so, uh, so yeah, I did that and I survived. And, you know, I felt like 
I was on top of the world because mm -hmm. when you're in engineering in university, you think you're like the smartest person in the world, you and your peers. Yeah. And then you go out into the real world and you're like, oh, we're at the bottom <laughs> of the totem pole. Like yeah. we're not that great. People yeah. who have studied everything else, marketing, psychology, language, history, people who've studied everything else, not sciences, mm -hmm. they're your boss. They're your director. They're your manager. They're the decision makers. They're making double your pay. Mm. But what's the point? You're just a worker bee. You went into engineering to become a worker bee because mm. no one, it's so like they pigeonhole you. It's so technical mm -hmm. that not anyone can be doing this stuff. And yeah. so they can't bring, you know, a psych major to come and do the stuff that you're doing. It has to be engineering and that's it. And you're stuck in front of the computer in the basement, doing the coding, doing the testing. Yeah. Nobody sees you. You don't see anyone. You're not part of meetings. You're not client facing. You're not part of the decisions. That's it. You just take orders. You do what you got to do. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, especially as a mom too, at that time, like I wasn't I was a mom towards the end of it, but, mm -hmm. uh, and I worked almost a decade uh, yeah. in like corporate setting, right? Uh, doing different roles of like uh, software testing, QA, whatever, mm -hmm. with developers and things like that. And uh, like in IT tech. And uh, I obviously loved it. I love the people I work with. It was great, but I just like was looking around and I was just like, okay, this is like, I'm not advancing. Okay. Mm, and it's, mm. and even if I was like, you have this one manager that's been there for 10 years, he's not going <laughs> anywhere. He has the, the cushiest role. He's yeah. not going anywhere. Like literally cobwebs. Okay. He's going to be there till the end. Yeah. So he's not moving. You have nowhere really to grow into what like team leader, but you know, whatever the, the, the problem also is for women. And I, mm -hmm. maybe this is something as well. Absolutely. When you go on mat leave, you are, you're like, forget it. You've lost a year. When you come back to the workforce, other, mm -hmm. everybody else has advanced and you're still in the past. And then people see you in a different way, especially in IT. Mm. A lot of them are like younger crowd who don't have kids. And so now you're like, kind of like this old woman who's had mm -hmm. children. It's just, they see you in a different way. The other thing also is, you know, me and my, uh, my partner at the time, mm -hmm. he had the, higher salary right so he was the one to work overtime he was the mm -hmm. one to travel he was the one to do these things because i had the lower salary i was the one to have to rush at 5 p.m to pick up my kids from daycare mm -hmm. so when i rush at 5 p.m i yeah. can't do overtime i have to leave at 5 p.m when everybody else is still working on their computers and showing that they're working hard and you know what i mean so they're For advancing sure. and i'm staying stagnant right and then I just looked around and I was just like, oh my God, I saw this, you know, my, one of my colleagues was like 50. Yeah. I, he's great. I love him. And he was kind of, he was doing the same work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of hit me. And I was like, I don't want to be 50 yeah. doing the same thing at the same pay, the same life. And I just kept having this feeling like I'd be sitting on my computer and every day was the same, right? It's not like, I mean, real estate is fun. Every day is different. There's always mm -hmm. some things thrown at you. <laughs> Yeah. But what I was doing, which was very technical, I just felt like every day was the same. And yeah. I'm a prisoner, nine to five, Monday to Friday, most that's majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm a prisoner for someone else is like benefit, yeah. right? I can't do anything. Like if I have to go to the bank, if I have like errands, I can't just be free to go and do them. And I have exactly. to be sitting at my desk from nine to five, five days out of seven. Yeah. And so... And so anyway, so I just kept feeling like I need to do something else. I need to do something else. And after 10 years of this, you feel like, but it's such an investment. Like I've invested university and the years and the suffering and the pain. And I've invested all these years and experience in my field, mm -hmm. right? How can I switch at this point? What a waste. That's how you feel, right? You've invested so much, exactly. but it's such a waste. But, but then, at the, and then on the other side, you know, I was just kind of like, ah, and I was like, oh my God, but I'm so old now. Like I was in my thirties and I was like, oh, it's too late. How am I going to just switch? Mm -hmm. And then I kept telling myself, Nesma, you are crazy. You're going to regret when you're going to be 50. Yeah. You look back and you say, I should have done it. I was so young. Why did I think I was old at in my thirties? Yeah. It's just like when you look at your photos in the time you think you look ugly and fat, for example, whatever, like you look bad, you just hate the way you look. Yeah. 
But when you look at yourself 10 years ago, you're like, oh my God, I was crazy. Look how incredible, <laughs> youthful I looked, right? Yeah. I looked amazing. And it's the same thing. It's like in the moment you think you're too old or you're too this or you're too that. But when you when the years go by and you look back, you're like, shit, I should have done something at the time. Exactly. I was foolish to think that I was too old or too this or too that. And then I just kept thinking like, no one will open the door of opportunity for you, Nesma. No one. I love that. No one is going to extend a hand and say, hey, Nesma, I think you'd be great for this. This is your calling. This is what you should do. No mm -hmm. one. So I was like, I have to do it. I have to take action. Just mm -hmm. like when I was a kid, I couldn't depend on anyone. I have to do something about this, right? Yeah. And it's very ironic. I'll say one more thing. I was so sick of QA, like, and just software testing that yeah. I was, you know, I wanted to be in those meetings. I wanted to be client facing. I, I just felt like I had potential for more mm -hmm. and that no one was giving me a chance, you know? And, and when you send your CV to like all these companies and all they see is 10 years of QA testing, like software yeah. testing, they're not going to give you a chance to get into a junior role of project management or project mm. coordinator. They're not. And so I just sent my CV and it was going into black holes everywhere. Nobody was mm. calling me back. Nobody cared. And, um, and I just felt so frustrated that I couldn't even get a junior role. I was okay with taking a hit in salary. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get my foot in the door to go into project management, project coordinator, something like that. No one gave me a chance. No one. Wow. And I know like the way that I am now in terms of detail oriented, how I get things done, how yeah. I push. I know I could have been great at it, right? Sure. But no one gave me a chance. And at the time I was obviously bitter and upset. Mm -hmm. Now looking back, if someone gave me a chance, then mm -hmm. I would never be where I am today. Never. Yeah. I would never have made this drastic leap and, and reach this like level that I, I would never dream of reaching in my life. Yeah. Never did I think I would be where I am today as a kid. It's funny. I was driving the other day and I was thinking about my childhood. And at some point we were living in a cockroach infested apartment building. Wow. Like that's my background, right? That's where I come from. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't have money. I remember sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Like mm -hmm. we didn't have money, right? Like my parents spent everything, their life savings to come to Canada. Yeah. You know, my dad had a master's degree, but to make a living here, he didn't speak English. So he had to work in a fact in a boot factory, Yeah, you know, for, I don't know how many years. And so to like $6 an hour yeah, to support his family. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's it's incredible, you know, to, to, to hear that and, and for you to have gone through that journey and to now be where you are, you know, yeah. to, ha to have that mentality as well. It's, it's extremely hard to have that mentality. It's very easy to, and, and to the point like you, you took that rejection and you turned it into something positive, where mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people get trapped. You know, they, they let it weigh on them and they don't go into solution mindset. They go into, oh, oh well, yeah. life is over. They catastrophize. They're like, okay, this has ended. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I just, it's one of those things where you just have to take it into your own hands. You have to do something about it. No one's going to do anything about it. <laughs> so and even by the way even like what I did it's not like it's not like I did something having like a guarantee oh yeah this is gonna go great yeah like I went into it and it was the biggest risk of my life because I mean one of the biggest risks right everything is risky everything sure. like getting For married sure. having kids buying you know real estate putting investing in stocks everything worthwhile in life is risky right there's yeah. huge risks um and changing careers is risky, obviously. I went into it. I didn't know anyone really in real estate. It's not like I had a network or I had mm -hmm. a mentor. Or I had someone who was going to help me. I was going into complete unknown jungle territory and I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just like, I don't even know. And I had, but I had good expectations. I wasn't, mm -hmm. it's funny because at the time I wasn't going into it and my motivation was not money. Yeah. I wasn't going into it being like, I'm going to be rich. I actually didn't think I was going to make money. Yeah. I just was like, you know what? I want to do something that I'm actually going to enjoy, mm -hmm. going to be good at mm -hmm. and help people, you know, and I can do it. I know I can do it. I know I can do a yeah. great job yeah. and I'm going to take back control of my schedule because I have kids. And because I used to hate, like when my kids were sick at daycare, I used to hate being in the position of talking to my manager and be like, Oh, I got to mm. leave early. I have to. 
leave yeah. at 3 p.m. to get my kid because all they see and all they hear is excuses. They don't realize my kid actually has a fever and is throwing up at the daycare. I have no choice. I have to go to my kid. And so I just felt like I'm sick of having a boss. Like I need to take back control. And so that's really what my motivation was. It's funny now when people come to me like, oh, you know, I act like they, they want to work with us or whatever. I ask them like, why do you want it? Why did you get your license? Oh, I want to make money. I want to be yeah. rich. I want to, you know, but for me, I, that's not the right reason. Yeah. And I don't like to hire people like that because I feel like, you're not going to make money. <laughs> yeah. This business is not something where you're going to be rich. Like you're, most people actually are not. Most people are making, you know, barely, min, I mean, what, 40K, let's say, like a decent sell. Again, it's not, you know, a very, very small percentage of people are actually doing very well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I, I love that perspective. Um, because I mean, it's something I share as well. I, so someone who I'm a big fan of, his name's Simon Sinek, um, right. Uh, he, he wrote the book, start with why he, I think all of my friends who know me at this point are pretty sick of hearing this because I talk about it all the time, <laughs> but it is, it is, you know, really important where he, he, he said this and he put it really well. He said, you know, every business needs money to do what it needs to do for sure. Um, but think about it from, from, let's say you own a car. Mm. When you own a car, uh, your goal is not to get fuel. Mm. Like you didn't buy a car to get more fuel, to accumulate as yeah, much fuel true. as, right? Yeah, you yeah. have a car to get to a particular destination or go somewhere and you use fuel to help you do that. Ah, so smart. I right? love that. I was like, I love it. blown away. And, and that's how I see, you know, business and money is um, when you, or, or in life in general, you know, our purpose is not just to earn or accumulate as much wealth as we can. And unfortunately today, so I consider myself a capitalist, but I don't see capitalism uh, the way that most people see it. You know, to me, capitalism is creating value for other people in their life. And if yeah. you do that really well, as a byproduct, you will make money. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm with you. I, I find that... Um like money is a means to an end it's basically and really the end i mean for me it's just like to help my loved ones to help my family so that we're never in like a bad situation again and exactly. um and it's funny because I, I remember i went to some exhibit it was called the happiness exhibit this was mm -hmm. like a long time ago like yeah. over a decade ago in toronto yeah. And it just, it's one of those things, you know, in life that you see and it just sticks with you. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like, it was just this whole exhibit about happiness. And there was this graph that was showing um, happiness uh, in relation to how much money you make. Mm -hmm. And happiness was growing. Mm -hmm. The more money you make, the more you're happy. Yeah. But then when it hits a certain number, in yeah. this case, it was 70,000. At that point, the happiness uh, stays actually stable yeah. and is constant, doesn't go up anymore. So what they're saying is like, you're, you will be happier up until your needs are met. Yeah. The more your needs are met, the happier you are. You have shelter, you can pay your bills, you're not stressed about that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But after a certain point, it doesn't matter really how much money you make, it's not gonna make you happier. Yeah. Right. So that I, I I thought that was really interesting. And again, it's a, it's one of those things like, you know, for me, it's like the, the money making, let's say, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just I'm trying to like just work for my kid's future. And like, it's Absolutely. not like I'm spending it like Rolexes and traveling. I mean, who's traveling now, but like doing all <laughs> these like extravagant things. Yeah. Sometimes I tell my sister, I'm like, anyone seeing me on the street would think I'm like homeless because like <laughs> I don't dress the part you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. the, of like this kind of person who's like made it whatever but yeah but um but yeah I mean it's just yeah it's it's an, I don't I don't like that as the motivator that's mm -hmm. not really the motivator the motivator is like a lot of other things in life but yeah exactly and and I think you know so, so for me I've you know, being in the world of health, I would say for the past however many years, and I see myself kind of specializing in this area and moving forward. Um, and so for me, you know, that's always been something kind of playing at the back of my, back of my mind. You mentioned it earlier in, in the podcast where you said, you know, you, we could die at any point. Yeah. Where I, I think today globally, 
people who might not be every day, you know, in that health world are understanding that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I hope beyond the pandemic, that kind of perspective sticks with people because it helps put things into perspective, right? It's like today to, to what we're talking about, so many people say, I want to be multimillionaires or we glorify billionaires or like this amount of money or, you know, the showing of wealth with fancy cars or big houses or whatever it may be. But in an instant, completely out of your control, yeah. that could be it. Yeah, that's true. It's funny because people use that to say like, oh, chair, you know, like make the most of your life and, and this and that. But the problem for me, to be very honest, is yeah. just that I, I don't think I'm making the most like for me, how I see it is it, again, it's perspective. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, you can die any day, enjoy every day and live it to the <laughs> max. Right. Yeah. I wish I could live it to the max. Yeah. Like I could spend all my time with my loved ones. Right. Yeah. But actually how I see it is like, I could die at any moment. Yeah. I need to help my family like as much as I can right now. Exactly. Because if I die, then at least they have something after me. Right. But, uh, it's just, it just goes back to the whole responsibility thing, right? Yeah. And then, by the way, that doesn't mean that you need dependence mm-hmm. to be able to have that drive because I have someone on my team who does not have any dependence. He mm-hmm. doesn't have children. He does not have a partner, right? Yeah. And he doesn't have family that depends on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also has a very, very, very high competitive drive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, this is not to say that if you don't have anybody depending on you, then you will not have that drive. Not at all. Yeah. It's, it, I just think that sometimes it's in some people mm-hmm. where it's just like the survival. I think it's like that survival mode or that survival instinct mm-hmm. where you just you need to make it no matter what yeah. you need to make it. You yeah. need to go above and beyond. You need to like push to the max, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. What would you say for, for people who don't have that, you know, uh, who, who maybe are struggling to find the motivation or uh, whatever it may be to, to push for it? They're, in, they're, in, they're not in the greatest of situations right now. You know, what would you say to them to, to shift their perspective to say that to, to get them to where they need to be? Mm. That's such a tough question because how Mm -hmm. I see it, to be honest, is this is like when someone wants to lose weight or get healthy Mm -hmm. or when someone wants to stop smoking. I can tell people as like all day, all night, smoking is terrible (laughs) for you. Look at these photos. Look at this. Look at that. It will never. I can say anything right now, but nothing will push someone in like as though it's coming like it like if it was coming from them. There has to be a switch inside somebody, Mm -hmm. like something switches and they're like, I'm going to do it or Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this change Mm -hmm. or that's it. I made up my mind. Right. And I wish I had that switch for exercise. For example, I wish I could have that switch where it's like Nesma. Okay. Now you got to get healthy. Now you got to exercise every single day. Like I look up to people like that. And I, and when I watch them do what they do and exercise, it does motivate me. Right. Yeah. But, but I totally understand. I think we're all different and it's okay that, you know, if you don't feel that motivation, like hopefully it happens for you. But like Mm -hmm. you said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I really like that. And I really believe in that surround yourself with people who are where you want to be in life. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing the career that you want, Mm -hmm. but just kind of like and, and it's that thing. There's like a bunch of these. You're the average of the five closest people to you or show exactly. me your net worth. I'll show you your net worth. Right. Exactly. So it's not again, it's not about money. But yeah. if you want to be be in a circle of high achievers, of mm-hmm. driven people, people who are very creative and innovative and hard workers and whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically surround yourself with people that where you want to be in the future. Otherwise, people bring you down 100 percent. People yep. will bring you down. If you're with a negative, you're around a negative person all the time. Yeah. You're going to be at that level. You're not, it's going to be really hard, hard mentally yep. to go above that and start thinking outside the box and start being creative. And, and that's another thing. Also, we, we go into the mistake of like listening to people. Yeah. And people are always going to be negative because that's where they are at <laughs> in life. Right. And, yep. and they're always going to have something to say, to discourage you. Yeah. Uh, to make you doubt yourself, to yeah. make you second guess yourself. And you're just going to listen to them because that's the easy thing to do is listen to them, be discouraged and stop and not exactly. take action. 
exactly. right? But yeah, I mean, to give, to tell people, I mean, it's easy to, yeah, to listen to motivational speakers, like get out there, get yeah, up, get off your yeah. couch, do something, right? But it's like, what <laughs> thing you can't really say much? I mean, hopefully this talk can maybe help someone or push someone. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing special about me. I'm just a human, just like anybody else, right? Yeah. Uh, but I just felt like I needed to make a change before it was too late, before I was too old. I mean, I yeah. was, you know, even though I still felt older than a lot of people, because I know mm -hmm. people who, you know, at 19, at 20, they get into this business, right? So yeah. basically, don't look at your competition. Don't look at like, who's out there, who's way ahead of yours. There's this like, I hate these um, um, quotes on like Instagram, but there's yeah. just one that I really <laughs> do like. I don't like this. I'm not an Instagram quote person, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. I find it so cheesy, but yeah. there's one that I actually do like, which is don't compare your chapter one ah. to somebody else's chapter 10. Brilliant. You know, don't look at someone who's like been way ahead of where you like, they've been doing it for 10 years and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not even there yet. I'm not going to get there. It's like, you're in different, you're in different stages in life exactly. and that's okay. Exactly. Right. Just take it at your pace. But um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> I, you know, that that's very fair. And I, and I think one of the areas that I want to, you know, reiterate what you said is the negativity piece is yeah. people, there was, um, I forget, it was a video or something where they showed, uh, the teacher wrote like a bunch of numbers. It's like one plus one, one plus two, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he intentionally wrote some, one of them wrong. It's like one plus yeah. seven equals five, right? So out of maybe 10, 10 numbers that he wrote, yeah. uh, one was wrong. And he asked the class, like, what do you see? And people saw the thing that was wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't see everything else that was right, mm. you know, and mm. that's, it's, it's exact same thing in, so in, in life. It's yeah. like people yeah. are programmed and, and for, again, from a putting on my biology hat, right? Like it's not just the way that I tell people, it's not just, you know, kind of hocus pocus fun stuff that people are saying, motivational stuff. This is bio, this is biology. You know, this is science. Like we are programmed as humans evolved oh, yeah. over time. Um, our brains were hardwired to look for the bad because in the past, mm -hmm. a tiger was going to kill you, mm -hmm. you know, like okay. something if, and if you didn't look out for those things, you died and your uh, family ended right there. But oh, yeah. we're now living a world where that's not the case, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't say everywhere in the world, but at least here in Canada, you mm -hmm. know, a tiger's not going to come out. So we already are kind of fighting biology. We're fighting our biology, which is programming us to, to look for the bad. So we need to be more intentional to look for the good. And then when good is around to actually call that out and point that out. I love that. That's a really good point. It's, it's hard to do though. It's hard yeah. to like, like you said, it is in, the, in somebody's biology. And yeah. by the way, like all this talk, that doesn't mean you have to get out there and be an entrepreneur and be exactly. like, that doesn't mean that. Exactly. It could just be a job change. Like you yeah. could just, you're unhappy and miserable in your job. It could just be like something like you want to try to find like a different role or like, you know what I mean? Or put For yourself sure, sure. out there, speak to someone, like some different people network so that you get that role. But I think there's different ways of getting different results. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like, this is the other thing also, it's like to, a way to find like to, to find solutions. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's a good skill to have to be a problem solver, right? Sure. That when something, there is an issue, you can think outside the box. You can think of like a, a million different solutions to a problem to how, do, how are you going to tackle that? How are you going to, you know, and then actually take action. This is the other thing mm -hmm. is to implement and take action. Yep. How many times, you know, do people go to like these seminars, oh, get rich or become a millionaire, become yeah. an investing millionaire or whatever it is, right? Yeah. yeah. And people will give you their quote unquote secrets. Okay. Yeah. But the pro, and then in the moment, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. But when you leave that seminar, 99% yeah. of the people don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. end of it. They go back to their life. Yeah. That 1% will actually take action and implement what they learned. Exactly. And it's the same thing in my team. Like there's a formula to being successful, let's say in real estate. There's a For formula. Sure. I have it down. Like I know this formula. Yeah. And I teach the formula. 99% of the people will mm. not implement what's taught. Yeah. And that's, that's the only difference. We're all human. Mm-hmm. 
it's really just the difference between implementing and taking action and not. That's it. Yeah. It does not take a, I'm not doing brain surgery. It's not, you know, rocket <laughs> science, right? So yeah. you can do it, but yeah. And, and, and so again, I, I completely agree. And I think for, for me, and when I talk about this is I can say I'm someone who, you know, I thrive in strategic environments. I thrive in areas where I have to use my brain to problem solve, but that was also an issue because many times I didn't then act on a lot of stuff to that point. And it's yeah. connecting into what we spoke about. I'm very fortunate and lucky to say, you know, I have good, uh, a really good circle today where they're the ones who are like, Sean, buddy, you got to take what's in here and start putting it out into the real world. Mm -hmm. And after you start to do that, for people who maybe were in my position a while back, after you start to do that and you start to see the results and it actually becoming reality, then you're like, whoa, this, is act this actually works. And then you keep doing it. But if you never start, if you never take the action, it'll never go oh, anywhere. That goes for anything. Like if you're writing an essay, yeah. it's so hard to just start, <laughs> to just write. And then once you get in the groove, then you're just yeah. like, it's flowing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or um, when you lose weight, like when you try to lose weight, it's so hard. And then when you're starting to see, you know, the scale and the number, then that actually motivates you. It's exactly. like success motivates you to be more successful in a way. Exactly. Right. When you're seeing results, it's funny because uh, when I first started, you know, obviously when you start your own business, mm -hmm. you don't really make money the first year. Yeah. A lot of people need to take loans and need to do all that stuff to survive that first exactly. year. You're not exactly. going to make any money. And uh, I remember the first year I was working like a dog. I was mm -hmm. working like morning till night mm -hmm. every day. I was working so hard and mm -hmm. I had nothing to show for it. And I remember my family was just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. are you even working? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, we don't see anything. Like we're not seeing the results of all this work, all this absence, right. From your family. Exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, but then when they start to see results and they start to see, okay, she's actually now making money. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we get it. Now we see that you, yeah. you are working. You're not just playing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Then they start to respect and to take it easy on you. But before that, it's a lot of pressure, especially mm -hmm. for a woman and a mom. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure where it's like, what are you doing? You should yeah. be with your kids, taking care of them, like putting them to bed, spending the weekend with them, things like that, that I obviously feel guilty about. Yeah. But I was just trying to build something, build something. And in the beginning, it's hard for your loved ones to be believers in what you're doing and to like see that you are trying to build something because they're yeah. not seeing the results, right? Absolutely. Uh, but eventually when they do, then the pressure starts to stop. Like then they're, they get it and they're like, oh, okay, we'll give you your space. We'll give you this time to leave. No problem. Go work. Go do this. Right? Before that, it's like, okay, again, you got to yeah. leave again. All right. Fine. Right. So. Exactly. It, it takes that convincing of people. Oh yeah. But believe me, you need, like, that's the other thing. You definitely need support from your family. Like, even if they did, were annoyed with me that mm -hmm. I discovered mm -hmm. there this and that. They were still very obviously supportive. And I, if I did not have that support, yeah. oh my God, you really need to have supportive family because mm -hmm. it's really hard if you don't, you know, yeah. you're kind of like working against the tide and yeah, it's just, it's just too much. It's more pressure than you need. Like you already have stress and pressure trying to make it. Exactly. But now you also have your family that's against you and yeah. like you know, bringing you down even more. So yeah, so it is definitely important to have like family that believes in you. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're down, they're like pushing you up and motivating you as well. But uh, that's another thing I read. That I think it was Simon. No, not Simon. It was uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. It was like, if you need motivation to be an entrepreneur, then uh, something like, don't be enough. It's not for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. you got to motivate yourself too, right? You can't just be affected by people's attitude towards you. And, you know, yeah. Exactly. I mean, so that makes me think of... Uh... You might, you might have heard Jocko. Do you know Jocko Willink? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know him. The yeah. Navy SEAL guy, right? Yes, uh, it's yeah. Discipline, it's like, to your point, if you wait to be motivated, mm. you're going to be waiting a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it, like, I look at you. I look at, you know, other people who are successful. One of those characteristics that are is universal between all those people. And when I say success, I always clarify Again, it's not to do with money. It can include money, but in yeah. other people, in, in other areas, right? 
successful with their family, successful with their health, successful in any area of life, it's the discipline. Don't oh, wait yeah. to feel like doing it. If you feel, oh, wait yeah. to feel like doing it, it's never going to happen. Oh my God, that's discipline totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's funny. And again, I go back to this. It's funny yeah. because I don't have that discipline in everything in my life. Yeah. I don't have that for like working out and exercise and all that. I yeah. wish I did. Yeah. That's what, you know, I have so much respect for people who do have that discipline, but you just have, again, it, it just goes back to like, whatever works for you. Some people work in, you know, they have different motivations and they might have discipline for one thing, but not for something else. That's why I feel like we can never really have a balanced life mm-hmm. or have like the perfect well-rounded life. Right. I mean, yeah. some people do. I've seen some people who are disciplined in all aspects of their life Mm -hmm. that's who i would love to learn from is someone who actually is disciplined in everything but um yeah i I really like that so so i would say to to end off on the podcast is because there's been a lot of fantastic conversation (laughs) um is uh, we can go on if you have time if time permitting i have a few minutes yeah yeah i have a few minutes okay cool so two i guess say two other questions come to mind one is was were there any particular defining moments in your life? I mean, maybe we've already spoken a couple of them here, but are there any others that come to mind that say, you know, these really made me who I am today? Mm. Um, oh, honestly, it's a few. One of them, I would say, is when my dad died. Oh, mm. I don't want to cry, but anyway when my dad died because he was like the most important person in the world for me and yeah yeah when he died like I just um I just felt like well first of all all of a sudden everything was on me right like my mm-hmm. mom and like my family like everybody my my sister was like 10 at the time my mom didn't you know she's a homemaker she doesn't really have like a job or anything yeah and so for me it was just like okay like this is like all on me and mm-hmm. I have to now be that decision maker yeah. of okay what are you gonna what are we gonna do with this you know because you he bought a house three years before passing away, just yeah. three years before he was able to buy wow. a house. Wow. So obviously we had a big mortgage, right? Yeah. And um, that was the one trial. So I had to make this difficult decision of, okay, what are we going to do with that? And then, you know, now I'm going to bring them to Toronto and I'm going to pay for their, you know, living. And, and so my, like, again, that was a huge thing for me where it was just this huge earthquake in my life mm-hmm. that pushed me even more to now have even more responsibility and to kind of like it changed my life in that way and in the way that I was like I was pretty much living for my dad I was just so close to him I was Mm -hmm. I did everything for him because I love him so much he was like my world so everything I did was for him right and that was and even engineering school it was for him for him to be proud Mm -hmm. and so when he passed I just thought like I was like that was one of the things where I was like okay what do I want to do yeah what do I want to do like, there's no more my dad who's like that I need his approval. Now I only can, like, I can do something just for me now. Yeah. And so, what is that thing that I want to do? Right. Um, and it's funny when you don't, it's kind of liberating when you don't feel like you owe someone something or mm-hmm. you owe someone, you know, kind of like you, you need their approval. For sure. Right. And it's kind of like that's another thing in our society. And in our communities mm-hmm. is that people feel like they need approval from the community. You can't do this. You can't yeah. do that. You can't yeah. do this. You can't do that. Even being a salesperson, like in my community, that's kind of like a shameful thing, right? They yeah. see it as like inferior yeah. being a real estate agent. That's like an inferior thing. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's, again, it's, it's one of like, Oh, you're going from engineer to like a realtor. Like, yeah. really? Like they just, there's this negative connotation. Again, I don't care about any of that. Like I, I reached a point where like, I didn't care what anyone was thinking. I was just thinking, okay, what do I want to do and what do I need to do and whatever. That was the first thing. And the other thing, I mean, it was really just like, just my childhood and you know, the way that where we came from and, um, and just thinking that, you know, I was just following this trajectory in life. Yeah. And I felt like I need to like, just, I, I don't want to continue this trajectory until I die. Like, yeah. I don't want to continue on this path. Yeah. Uh, that's really, it's like this. It's not this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, that high risk, high reward. Yeah. 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 
I wanted the high risk, high reward. I didn't want the constant. Safe, I didn't want the safe, constant path. I wanted yeah. more than that, right? So, so anyway, so I, I guess it was kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I think that was like, and then, you know, the other things that we talked about, yeah. <laughs> you know, the way we grew up and... I, I swear, if you saw me when I was younger, you I don't think you would ever, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't yeah. think, I would yeah. never in a million years yeah. think that I would be in Toronto, mm -hmm. living the life that I'm living right now, yeah. uh, owning multiple properties, yeah. owning a nice car, yeah. like we had like a Toyota, what, I, what was it, Toyota Tercel for like yeah. 10, 15 years as a family, this little teeny tiny car, like <laughs> Again, I didn't even know what a designer brand was when I was yeah. a kid. Like, I didn't yeah. know any, I was just so innocent. You know, mm -hmm. I just didn't know any of these things. I was never motivated by money ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. And so I would never have, I could never have imagined myself if someone told me, hey, this is a glimpse, this is what you're going to be in X years. I would never believe it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I still, to this day, when I think about my life, I'm like, I, I don't, I can't believe, sometimes I can't believe where I'm at. It's yeah. still surreal. Yeah. And I feel like I'm living somebody else's life. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't feel like this is me in my life. Like it's just yeah. so shocking to me. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want to say thank you for, for, for you for saying that, because, you know, one of the, again, one of the things that I've realized for myself, and I think what helps a lot of other people is hearing that is seeing that because I think sometimes we can think that when we see again successful people in whichever way you know we we define that, um, and and us there's some there's a separation there, mm, but yeah you know a lot of the people who actually get there and then sustain it they start off in a place where they might not have had a lot oh yeah you know, and they and then they earn it to get there oh, and. Yeah. And, and that's really important because then all of the other people who are there right now are like, oh, maybe, maybe it's possible for me, which it is, you know. A hundred percent, it's possible. Honestly, it's possible for anybody. Yeah. If the, like the fact that I reach where I am, anybody, anybody can. Like I didn't have any type of privilege. I was like the opposite of privilege when I was yeah. young, right? Yeah. Um, we literally lived with like my cousin, like we were like, oh my God, I remember it was just, me, my, I remember once me, my dad, my mom, and my brother, we were living mm -hmm. in one room in wow. a basement. Wow. And I remember living for like 15 years with my uncle's family who has mm -hmm. seven kids. We're all in the same house, like wow. in Canada, by the way, like we were that immigrant family that yeah. you see that you're like, you know, you know, the type, the yeah. immigrants, right? Yeah. The way that we dress, the yeah. way that we were just everything, our house, the furniture, like we were that immigrant family that looking at us, you'd be like, oh, they're, they don't have a great future. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they, nah, they're just going to be constant. That's just going to be their future, right? Yeah. And I remember my dad, that was the whole reason that he sacrificed everything. He brought us to this country. He had this dream that, you know, his kids are going to have a better future. Mm -hmm. And I wish he was alive to see this because I even beyond his wildest dreams. I don't think he would ever like a good life for him was yeah. where I was at, yeah. which is like, I had a good stable engineering job. Right. That was, and you know, I was married, had a job had kids. That was a good life for him. That's yeah, all. He, boxes. Yeah. yeah. That's all he ever wanted for me. And, and he was so happy to see it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all he wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. What was the other question? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say the final question was, so what are, if, if you can, what are the, I'd say top three principles that you try to live by today? Oh my God. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to save it for the end. Yeah. That's a tough one. Honestly, give me an example of a principle. Um, let's see. A principle could be, you know, um, not, not doing things that bring you enjoyment, for example, or that bring you joy, that bring you joy. That's a principle, right? Like whenever you uh, go out in the world, you try and do things that bring you joy, or at least are setting yourself up for joy or principles such as, yeah, something like that. That's funny. Cause like I do the opposite of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I live my life by what do I need 
to do that needs to get done. That's yeah. it. It's not, it's still, it's not really about me. It's not about, like, I want me time. I want this. Like it, there's no me time. Like I'm not even a, I'm not really a, a factor in the equation. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's really, I don't know. Again, it's a boring answer, but it's just like, you know, will this help my family? Yeah. Really? Like, it's just, it's just annoying. It's a real answer. Yeah. That's really just like, will it help my family? Um, is it something that is not going to hurt my integrity that mm -hmm. I'm going to sleep at night? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do anything that will affect my reputation. Yeah. That's like golden for me, my reputation, my integrity. Yeah. If something feels wrong, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Why mm -hmm. would I put, why would I put anything in jeopardy in my life right now? Never. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, um, that's that. And then, um, I don't know if I have a third one. I mean, that's really the the only thing I and and I wish like to be honest, like it's I, I wish I did a lot of things in my life. Like mm -hmm. I wish I spent more time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I wish I spent more time on my health. Yeah. Like despite that being successful, whatever, it's just I, I see that I'm more flawed mm -hmm. than, you know. If someone says that, you know, I want to, oh, you know, we can learn from you. Yeah. But I also feel like I'm a very flawed person. I don't think mm -hmm. I'm someone that maybe you can learn from. Yeah. You can learn a few things from, mm -hmm. but I also feel like I'm a complete failure in the sense of like, you know, taking care of my health. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I feel like the stress that I'm under, mm -hmm. the fact that I don't exercise as much as I should, like, you know yeah. what I mean on a daily basis, yeah. um, that I feel that that will affect me and my health. Like, mm -hmm in a way that can be irreparable, yeah. right? Like where yeah. it's too late and I, I couldn't do anything about it. And what's the point? What's the point of working so hard if, if you know, it's affecting your health and your life is going to be shortened by that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that's like a negative turn of uh, <laughs> the No, podcast, no, it, it's very it's real. Just, it's just pointing things out, right? Like you look For at sure. people and you think like they're living a perfect life, but they also have their flaws and they're also yeah. are lacking in some things. Like I told you, like, yeah, I'm disciplined in work and everything. Right. Yeah. And, but I'm not disciplined in health and things that have to do with me personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am actually not the priority. Yeah. I literally feel like I am just a working machine. Yeah. And I am just here on earth to help my family. Like that's yeah. how I feel. No. I don't feel like I'm here for me and to have fun and to enjoy. Yeah. I literally just feel like I'm, I'm that means to the end. I'm mm -hmm. the means mm -hmm. for my family. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a weird thought, but, but whatever, that's kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it goes back to, I don't know what's wrong with me. It goes back to that sense of responsibility, right? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you're kind of just living to help other people, I guess. But, um, but it's also selfish because yeah, I'm helping them, but that makes me feel good. Yeah. That makes me happy, right? Like yeah. make, making my family happy makes me happy. Yeah. Right. Being able to give them what they want or help them or whatever it is, that makes me happy. Yeah. Like when yeah. I take my mom to, you know, I took her on a first class for whatever business class yeah. flight. I was so happy. <laughs> like that was like, oh my God, the biggest joy in my life. Taking yeah. my mom on vacation. Yeah. She has never been on vacation in her life, right? Wow. Taking her on vacation was like, oh my God, I just I, I kept looking at her. That's all it's like having a kid, right? I just wanted yeah. her to be happy. And yeah. that's making me happy. Or giving her getting her a car for the first time in her life. Again, yeah. it's just it's just all these things, these accomplishments that just like it makes me happy to see that my family's happy, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's amazing. <laughs> that, that is really, really awesome. And uh, I mean, to that point, I, I mean, I really think that if more people did that, took that approach, mm -hmm. um, and you hear it all the time, it's, yeah, there's, there's a certain amount that you can do for yourself. But when you do stuff for other people, especially the people you care about, that's the thing where you get real fulfill fulfillment from yeah oh 100 right oh yeah like even gifting like some people i think they they are you know i'm sure you're happy when you give someone a gift right it makes you happy right it makes you happy like i'm i'm happier giving someone a gift than for me to get a gift or yeah. for me to get myself something yeah it actually makes me happier to give someone i care about something right yeah yeah because uh, so it's a kind of selfish <laughs> it's selfish then really it's just it's making you more happy like i almost feel like it makes me more happy than them to receive it right it's so weird it's weird yeah yeah well nasma again i want to say a very big thank you to you 
for for making the time to come and, and speak to speak to me and, and to the audience here today. Um, this has been awesome again because it's been so real, and I love these conversations mm. because it's real. It it's you know valuable, and people who can listen to it can relate to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. take something out of it. So again, a very big thank you to you. I thank hope you, you have Sean. a great rest of the week. Amazing. Yeah, this yeah. This is so fun. Thank you so much. And your questions are amazing, like really profound and really make me think. <laughs> And uh, not easy to answer. <laughs> and I, when you sent me the list, I was like, oh my God, half of these I really need to think about. But yeah, uh, yeah you're amazing. What you're doing is amazing. Thank you so much for, for letting me be part of it.